0: In today's episode, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 22. The section encompasses all the way down to verse 33, but we probably won't get there today. Paul writes, "'Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior.'" Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. As we take a look at the world around us, we recognize that there are all types of relationships that we could point out. The Scripture is not trying to be exhaustive in these types of relationships, but is going to cover the three biggest that would, under most circumstances, take up the majority of our time. And the three where the issue of submission could potentially be the hardest. And those three areas of relationships are marriage, family relationships, and work relationships. And so we know that there are others. I get that, and I can anticipate that. But again, I believe that these three, really, once we look at that, uh, pose the greatest potential for hardship and that's marriage, family relationships, and work relationships. And of course, the principles that we learn from these should be employed and carried into the church setting as well. But the topic at hand here is really that of living in submission to one another. And so the first thing that we're going to consider in this section is just marriage. Uh, Verses 22 to 23 talk about the marriage relationship. It is arguably the most intimate, the most predominant, the one that has the greatest potential for harm, as well as the greatest potential for uh, being used in the right way for edification if it's done correctly. And so when we begin to approach this text, we want to say this at the outset, that marriage relationships must reflect God's purpose in every respect. It's easy to say, hard to do. Because I've heard people say that marriage is simply this, it is two sinners living in close proximity to one another. And the fact of the matter is, is it doesn't matter if you hold a special position in the church, if you're a pastor, a deacon, it doesn't matter if you're the Sunday school director or a teacher or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is it's very difficult because we have to fight our flesh and our sinful inclinations. And we have to learn how to do that with somebody that we see day in and day out if we're married. And usually if you're married, then that is a person that you're going to see more than any other person in the entire world, chances are. And you're going to have the greatest potential to sin. You're going to have the greatest potential to harden your heart against the other person, to think that you are more righteous than they are because you know their flaws intimately more than perhaps any other person in the world does. Uh, But The converse is also true. They know your faults as well. And so then you can get bitter. You can harden your heart against that person. And we really have to fight that as believers. And if anywhere, if there's anywhere in the world that marriage should work, it should work in the church because God has designed marriage and God is the author of marriage. He's the one who instituted it before the fall. After all, he created a a helper that was fit for Adam in Genesis chapter 2, and he is the one that created Eve for him, and marriage was instituted by God. And so we, of all people, especially believers and Christians in the church today, ought to be able to have a marriage that honors God. So marriage relationships must reflect God's purpose in every aspect. As we get into this first section, verses 22 to 24, we'll see this, first of all, that the wife's role in marriage is to, per, is to picture the order of creation. That's what her role in the marriage is supposed to do. Marriage is bigger than just two people. It pictures something much bigger than themselves. And so the wife's role in marriage is to picture the order of creation, verses 22 to 24. The Greek text here chooses to put the paragraph division starting at verse 21 so that would be what we would consider in the preceding text submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ however even the english translation makes it obvious that that is a participle as it is giving thanks in verse 20 so to find the command we actually have to go back to verse 18 of chapter 5 verse 18 says this and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit. And we addressed that in the previous episode. We're talking about the issue of control. Don't be controlled by a foreign substance, but be controlled through the filling of, allow the spirit to fill you so that the spirit can control you. And that's what we're supposed to do. Be filled with the spirit. That's the command. So this is the command that has wrapped up the the whole series of this new life that ends with the idea of living a controlled life, and that's really kind of the, the preceding sections. So, in essence, this is a continuation of that, but it's really taking a deep dive into this last point, right? The last point is that we're supposed to live a controlled life. Well, how do you live a controlled life? Well, if you're going to take a deep dive into it, then that's got to be evidenced in your marriage. And so it should be noted that each of the participles that follows the command to be filled, carry their own imperatival sense. Imperative is a command, right? So all the participles carry command sense. So we are to be speaking to one another with the words of scripture. We are to be giving thanks for everything always. And we are to be submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. So now as we shift our focus into this marriage relationship and specifically the wife's role, we see here that if her role in marriage is to picture the order of creation, that first of all, uh, we see that the wife places herself under her husband because that is where God has placed her. And uh, you may disagree with me, but we're just going to examine the text. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands, there's the command, the imperative, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. So the wife places herself under the head of her husband because that is where God has placed her. Interestingly, the verb that is translated submit does not occur in verse 22. It's actually a carryover of verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we are to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the first example. And the first example fleshed out of this, this is what you're supposed to do, submitting to one another. Here's example number A, right? Or, or letter A. Number one, wives, this is how you do this. You submit yourselves to your husbands. Pretty incredible. So what what are we supposed to know about this word, submit? One commentator by the name of O'Brien explains that the key word rendered submit has to do with the subordination of someone in an ordered array to another who is above the first. That is in authority over that person at the heart of this submission is the notion of order. So what we are talking about here is order. And to look at the principle of order in Scripture, we need to look no further than 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace or order. A few verses later, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40, but all things should be done decently and in, you guessed it, order. God is a God of order. So the whole issue of submission, as Peter O'Brien states in the Pillar New New Testament commentary, is that this really has to do with an issue of order. And and that's what it's talking about. That's where we get this idea that this has to be where God has placed her in the creation order. So O'Brien continues, the apostle is not urging every woman to submit to every man. That's not what's in view here. But wives to their husbands. The use of the middle voice in this verb, uh, which is also seen in Colossians 3, verse 18, emphasizes the voluntary character of the submission. Paul's admonition to wives is an appeal to free and responsible persons, which can only be heeded voluntarily. So this isn't like something that is lorded over the wife by the husband. This is what the woman chooses to do and not the woman, the wife, the wife of that husband, not any wife, not any woman in the church, the the wife of the husband. There's no other woman in the church that needs to uh, to to be in that relationship with regard to me as a husband than my own wife, right? And and my wife doesn't submit to any other husband, and nor should she, because the issue is this is what God has placed on the woman, and if she wants to obey the Lord, Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." Right. So if a, if a wife is wanting to do what is pleasing to the Lord, this doesn't have to do with the pleasure of the husband, then she is going to submit herself. She is going to place herself under because of the order of creation, because that is where God has placed her. She's going to do that. And it's only going to happen in that one relationship. It's not going to be all the relationships in the church and so forth. Okay. So we, we have to be very careful to make sure that we articulate this in the right way. Paul's admonition to wives is an appeal to free and responsible persons, which can only be heeded voluntarily, never by the elimination or breaking of the human will, much less by means of servile submissiveness. What's never in view with this command is that an abusive husband can say to his wife, woman, submit, wife, submit to me. Uh, That's not the way it works. This is something that the wife has to choose to do because she loves the Lord and because she understands the word of God and how God has created and ordered things within his creation. So we come to an issue then because I can already tell, and thankfully I'm, I'm speaking into a, an empty room into a microphone. But I can anticipate down the road where people are going to listen to this in this context, in our society, in our culture now, that there is now a problem in the modern world. And this is looked upon very poorly. The world looks down on this kind of language. It's, and, and really, the issue is that what is being said in the text is not being rightly perceived. Subordination, the idea of subordination, smacks of exploitation and oppression that are deeply resented. People don't like that. But authority, and this is where we have to kind of perk up and pay attention, authority is not synonymous with tyranny. And submission, to which the apostle refers to, does not imply inferiority. What Paul is not saying is that the woman is inferior. And what the the Apostle Paul is not saying is that the husband has the authority or the permission of God to be some kind of tyrant. What he's saying is that there is a natural authority within creation, and we have to honor that. There is a great example of this uh, that we could see anytime we want to look around, and that would be in the military. Lots of people are bothered by this passage and then they try and take it to context where it's just not necessarily applicable. In today's military, women occupy some of the highest commands. And uh, I, I have seen that personally with my experience in the military where we saw uh, a two-star general, uh, Jody Daniels, get promoted to a three-star general. Eventually, uh, lieutenant general stepped into the highest Uh, possible rank in the Army Reserves, first time in history. This is a few years ago now. Uh, And so one of the questions could be, you know, is she in violation of this scripture? Well, no, because we're not talking about the marriage relationship. And so we have to understand that this is applicable in one scenario and in one relationship only. However, to look at it another way, there have been and still are plenty of men who outrank women in the armed forces. Now, the question is this, just, just by simple mathematics, right? If you are a male in the military and you outrank a female, are you just because of the fact that you outrank a female being cruel and oppressive when you give a lawful order? Well, not at all. There's no, there's no inferiority going on there. There's no tyranny. It's simply a system of order and the military has to operate that way. And that's the point. If you can understand that, that it has to exist that way in the military, and there has to be order so that all things can be done decently and in order, just as we've seen that biblical principle already, well, then you can see that there is a way for a marriage to function in the same way within creation. And God has created marriage, and so therefore God has ordained a specific order. Now, Paul will also address this when he talks to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 to 15. And again, that's a touchy passage, and we'll wait to, to, to really tackle that until we go through 1 Timothy. Uh, it was a joy to go through 1 Timothy as well. It, it's not a burden, but it, it's it got to be carefully handled so that we understand what's at stake here. But here he's talking about what The woman can do to glorify God within the church. And the whole point is, is that some of the roles that she can and cannot occupy in the church have nothing to do with her talent or any of those things. It's strictly a matter of obeying the word of God rather than following one's inclinations. And that passage in 1 Timothy 2 says nothing about a woman's ability to teach or exercise authority, but speaks to her permission. Can she do this with permission from God? And if the answer is whatever, yes or no, and I'll just say this, it's no, she can't do that, then it reasons why. And, and again, we'll, we'll save that for another day. But that is a passage for which we ought to be thankful as it actually explains the background because sometimes God speaks to us through the scriptures and doesn't give us an explanation. But our obedience in those times where there is no explanation is the very definition of faith. Sometimes God says, do something. And we say, yes, Lord, even if we don't understand it. So the wife's motivation is spelled out here, not primarily for her husband or even for his sake. But the reason that she submits herself is as to the Lord. She does this because she wants to be obedient. And that's what we are trying to convey. So the wife places herself under her husband because that's where God placed her. And I think what we'll have to do is end this episode there, just for the sake of time. And it's a good dwelling spot. We've we've laid a good foundation, so I think we'll be able to move through uh, the rest of this a little bit quicker. But we'll pick it up. We're still really examining this first idea that the wife's role in marriage is to picture the order of creation. But not only have we now covered that she places herself under her husband because that's where God placed her, but in our next episode, we'll look at verse twenty-three and see that the marriage hierarchy pictures Christ in the church. And hopefully we'll go on from there as well to verse 24. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.